0: Well, how are we doing, Ridge Church? Hey, uh, my name is Bobby. I'm uh, one of the pastors here at the Ridge, and we're so glad that you're here as we uh, start this brand new series today called Ridge Prayer, and so for the next several weeks, we're going to be talking about prayer, uh, believe it or not. How about that? And uh, we're going to be just unpacking for the next several weeks what prayer is, uh, how we can be better at it and uh, different ways uh, that we uh, pray and pray for one another and so I'm really excited about this series uh, as we uh, just dive into it. Um, how many of you would agree with me, I contend to say that this is true, I know it is for myself, but how many of you would agree with me that sometimes prayer can be hard? It can be hard like uh, to stay focused, maybe to to stay committed to it or even sometimes just to to pray about certain things or for certain people. Prayer is hard. It can actually be really hard work. As a matter of fact, the Apostle Paul, he says himself, he says, labor with me in prayer. And so the Apostle Paul, who would know a thing or two about prayer, has written a lot of prayers. When you read through uh, many of the letters that he has written to uh, the churches in the New Testament, you see Paul praying for them and praying for others, asking for prayer for himself But in one of those, he says, labor with me in prayer because prayer is hard work. It can be really, really tough at times. I know it's tough for me at times. And so uh, like holiness, we've kind of talked about this before. None of us ever go to sleep at night, wretched, wicked sinners, and wake up the next morning holy. Like we don't stumble into holiness. That, That never happens. And so Just like that, we never stumble into having a life of prayer or just automatically waking up one morning and being like, I'm so much better at prayer now. It's hard work. It takes practice. It takes time to get into that rhythm. How many of you have been married over 10 years, over over 10 years? Okay, uh, just keep your hands up there for a second. Let Let me get a hearty amen. Marriage is hard work, is it not? Amen. All right. Now, how about this? Keep them up for one more, one more second. Let me, let me just ask you this, those of you who've been married that long. Marriage is hard work, but it's good work. Is it not? Okay, a few lessons. mm Okay. All right. We'll shoot that. Oh, yeah, you put our hands out. We'll shoot that illustration down. Maybe it'll work better in a second service. But listen, hey, marriage, it is hard work, but it's good work. Like, it's not just hard work, but it is good work. Anybody that's been married for longer than a minute knows this. it doesn't matter if you've been married 10 years 15 25 whatever it's hard work but it's good work and the same is true for prayer it's hard work but it's good work now uh, I I remember learning about prayer and people uh, sort of just telling me about prayer and saying you know what prayer is just a conversation with God and it is a conversation it, it, it's a a conversation that we that we have with god but i would also say this is that prayer is so much more than just a conversation with god like prayer is not something it's not like a conversation that you have with some guy down the street or your neighbor or your coworker down two cubicles down or somebody uh two lockers down from you prayer is so much more than that it is a conversation but hear me when i say this we'll talk about this in a few minutes Prayer is a conversation with the creator of the universe. It's not just some guy. It's not just somebody that you have a random conversation with. Uh, I love what the Westminster Catechism says about prayer. And if you don't know what the Westminster Catechism is, I encourage you to go and and just look it up. Uh, And and it gives you sort of a high overview of, of basic theology. And it's a good way for you to sort of get your head around certain things. But the Westminster Catechism, number 98, says that prayer is an offering up of our desires unto God for things agreeable to his will in the name of Christ with confession of our sins and thankful acknowledgement of his mercies. That's a perfect definition of prayer to me. When I read that, I I see exactly what prayer is. Um, When I think about prayer, I think about how I've learned to pray and and the things that I've learned to do, things that I've learned not to do, things that I want to do. I remember going into the ministry uh, full-time, my first full-time ministry job as a youth pastor And I remember the first week on the job, I I get there, and my pastor there, he tells me, he says, hey, listen, we have a staff meeting every Monday morning at 9 o'clock. Don't be late. Come ready. And so every Monday, I would go into his office, and we would have a staff meeting. Now, the first time that I went into the staff meeting, I came ready. I had my Bible. I had pen I had a notebook like I was ready to just learn from this man I was ready to to just get all of this knowledge I was ready to have a a staff meeting and when I walked in it was just he and I there was other staff at the church but it was just he and I and he said he asked me he said are you ready for the staff meeting I said I'm ready for the staff meeting he said okay let's pray which to me I was like okay so we're going to start this staff meeting off in prayer that's good we can do that well we prayed for like 30 minutes and then 45 minutes and then an hour and a half later, we're finished praying. Prayer is over. He says amen. Most of the time, I just listen to him pray. And I thought to myself, you know what? I don't pray like that. You ever done that? You ever heard somebody pray and you thought, man, I don't pray like that. But I want to pray like that. That's the way that I was with this guy. And so staff, it just kept going like that was the end of the staff meeting. He said amen. He said, okay, I'll, I'll see you later on. And so I'd go out. So for several weeks, this kept happening. Staff meeting was just Prayer. Yeah, that's it. It was just prayer. And so finally, I asked him. I said, "I thought we called this staff meeting on the calendar. It says staff meeting." He said, "That's what we just had. Staff meeting. We met with the boss." And I was like, "All right, okay, <laughs> I, I get it. I, I'm, I'm good." And I was like, "Man, I, I want to pray with. I want to pray like that." And I just thought to myself, "Maybe I'm just doing it wrong. Maybe I'm just doing it wrong." Uh, about two years ago, I was in Miami, had the opportunity to to train some church planters from central america south america the caribbean they all came up to miami and we had an opportunity to train them and planting of churches and and disciple making it was a great opportunity but I, i met a man by the name of giordani and giordani is a pastor and church planter in a place called hinch on the island of haiti and every day i got to pray with giordani and after the second day i was like i'm not gonna pray anymore i'm just gonna let you pray and i'm just gonna keep saying amen to everything that you say because I don't pray like that. Like, I want to pray like that, but I don't pray like that. And I could hear him, and I'd listen to him pray, and I thought to myself, I, maybe I'm doing it wrong. Maybe I'm just doing it wrong. Anybody ever felt that way, that maybe you're just doing it wrong? And Sometimes, it, you know, it's just whatever, for whatever reason. Well, you're not alone, because the disciples who walked with Jesus, they felt the same way. They heard Jesus pray, and they saw him go off by himself and, and get away from everyone else. And, and other times they would hear him pray, and I, I would almost bet, this is just conjecture, but I almost bet that sometimes maybe they would just listen in to Jesus the way that he would pray. And maybe sometimes Peter would look at Matthew and be like, hey man, like, listen to him pray. I, we don't pray like that. Like, what's, we're, maybe we're doing it wrong. And so in Luke 11, 1, you don't have to turn there because we're going to be in Matthew 6 here in just a second, but in Luke 11, 1, it says that the disciples looked at Jesus and they said, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. And so they looked at Jesus and they said, hey, I think we're doing it wrong, so could you teach us how to pray? Like, we want to be able to pray like you, which was kind of unusual, to be honest, because these men, these disciples, it's not as if they didn't know how to pray already. They, they knew a little something about prayer. They, they were Jewish, and so they grew up in the synagogue. They grew up with the, the rabbis teaching them to pray. They grew up with, with other people praying with them and, and them doing prayers. And so they knew how to pray, but their prayers were very rigid, very formed, and very um, religious in many ways. But when they heard Jesus pray, it was almost as if Jesus was talking to someone closer. When they heard Jesus pray, it was almost as if they could hear him speaking to someone like a father. Imagine that. And so they looked to Jesus and they said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. We want to be able to pray like you. And so maybe you feel that way. I know I have. I've asked the questions about prayer. Maybe you've asked these questions about prayer before, too. Does, you know, does it work? You know? Do, do my prayers work? Do they get past the ceiling? Do they get past the seat that I'm sitting in? I don't know, but like, do my prayers work? Is anyone listening to my prayers? I, I'm just being honest, trying to be transparent with you. Sometimes I've asked that question myself. But then I've thought, you know what? Maybe I'm just doing it wrong. Maybe I'm just doing it wrong. And so... I want to pray differently. I want to pray differently. And if you do too, then this series is going to be perfect for you. If you want to pray differently, if you want to to better your prayers, if you want to be better at prayer, then this is going to be a great series for you for the next several weeks. The name of this message is called The Anatomy of Prayer. We're just going to unpack what prayer is because I want, this is what I want. When I pray, I want, I want, my world to be different. I want the people that I pray for, I want them to be different as a result of prayer. I think it would be fantastic, fantastic, if we became a people that doesn't just pray, but people of prayer, and that our church would be a church of prayer, not just a church that prays. Our city, our world, the places where we are would be different. So if you have a Bible, open it up to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, we'll spend a little bit of time right here unpacking a a very familiar passage of Scripture. And uh, some of you are going to be very familiar with this in Matthew chapter 6, because what we have here is the Lord's Prayer. And so as we read this, as we sort of unpack this, my hope and prayer for you is that you'll see this in a fresh and different way. That this will be uh, a little different to you this time because maybe you have this on a coffee cup somewhere, maybe it's framed somewhere. If you played uh, any organized athletics, you might have gotten around with your team and gotten on a knee like we did in, in the football locker room and we just recited this prayer right before we walked out onto the field as if it had some kind of magical powers. Listen, These words aren't aren't necessarily magical. As a matter of fact, Jesus says, when you pray, pray like this. And so what he's saying, he is saying, this is a model. This is a model. Like when you pray, think about these things. This is a model for you. These words aren't necessarily magic. It's just a model. And so let's look at what he says. Matthew chapter 6. We're actually going to start in verse 5 and read to uh, 9. And when you pray, Jesus says, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. And so Jesus says, don't pray like that. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Now, I don't know about you, but that verse is kind of scary. Is it scary to anybody else? It says that when you pray, Jesus sees you. Your Father in heaven sees you. And in secret will reward you. We'll talk about that in a minute. Verse 7. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. And so verse 9, he says, pray like this then. And so Jesus says, when you pray, do this, don't do this. When you pray, do this, don't do this. And so he starts his prayer off this way. He says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So let's just stop right there. We're going to unpack these as we go along. It, that first phrase, our Father In heaven, hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be your name. It sounds very elegant, doesn't it? It sounds very uh, high up there. It sounds like it's sort of set apart and that it sort of sets the standard for what is about to take place. And I believe that there is a reason for that. That Jesus starts his prayer off by saying, Our Father, hallowed be thy name. And so there's two things going on here. The first thing that we see is is the second part. He says, hallowed be thy name. So it's a reminder to remember who you're actually speaking to when you pray. That hallowed, that God is the creator of the universe. We need to sort of take a step back and think about this for a moment. Who we're actually praying to. The creator of the universe. The God who actually formed you and I in the womb who knit us together, who delicately put us together, who knows every hair on our head or, for some of us, lack thereof. Amen? Right? And so, like, so we're, this, he says, remember, hallowed, how big, how great, how majestic God is. And then the first part, he says, our Father. It's a reminder that you're talking to a father. Father. To a father. And so here's uh one of my biggest pet peeves in prayer, just in general, all altogether, but um I don't walk into my mom and dad's house and go up to my dad and be like, What's well, up, dog? How we doing, homie? Dude? Listen, God is not your homeboy. He is not a dude, he's not your buddy, he is not friend, he is not some guy. He is the creator of the universe. And so when we address God in prayer, yes, it's conversation. Let it flow. Be close. But listen, be reverent. If God was standing in front of you in the flesh, you wouldn't address him as dude. What's up, dude? And so don't don't do that in prayer. If you're standing close to me, you might get hit in the throat. I'm just being honest because it bugs me. It bugs me. It bugs me. It's God. It is Father, God, creator of the universe. Not homie, not some guy. And so we should be reverent as we approach God, but we should also draw close to him as a father. And so Jesus starts his prayer off. He says, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. He goes on, verse 10, he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in in heaven, and so he goes on here, and, and he begins to unpack, and he begins to talk about the kingdom of God, God's will, and so he basically says, "Hey, before you get to you, focus on Him. Before before we start requesting and asking and giving, uh, like, like let's focus on God's kingdom, on God's will, and so before we get to me, let's submit to Him." And so I don't know about you, I'm just being honest with you right here. But sometimes my prayers typically kind of go something like this. Tell me if you can relate. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. God, keep me safe as I go to work. Keep my family safe as they go to school and back to work. And then I've got this thing going on, and so give me this, and I need you to do this for me, and I need you. Like we immediately go to get me this, do this for me, give me that, do this anybody else feel that you like sometimes you feel like your prayers okay just me i'm the only one all right uh i'm a bad pastor but like listen like sometimes i'm just being honest sometimes that's sort of the way that that prayer flows and i i skip over what i think is really the most important thing that jesus actually says here in this prayer says before you get to you sink your heart with his Be about his kingdom. Be about his will, not ours. And so um, it's interesting because in that first part where Jesus is actually unpacking the part where he says do this and don't do this, there was a belief uh, of the pagans during the first century and and for quite a bit of time after that that the pagans believed that they could actually... um, pray so fervently and so well that they could bend God's will to theirs. And if we're being honest, sometimes we think the same for ourselves. But yet, Jesus says, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your, not my, your kingdom will come. Your, not my, will, will be done and if we believe that God is sovereign overall meaning that he is in complete and total control then doesn't it make sense for us to also believe that in our prayers but yet somehow we think if I pray hard enough if I pray long enough now here here's what I'm here listen to me when I say this you say oh I thought prayer changes things it does but not always in the way that we think not always in the way that we hope. I'll give you a good example for this. Uh, some of you will know exactly what I'm talking about because you were at your high school football game or a class reunion about two or three years ago and you saw her and you were like, oh, I'm so glad God said no. <laughs> Can I get an amen? Or, or ladies, you, you stopped at the gas station to fill up your car and you went and got a 32 ounce you know from the fountain drink and you were standing there paying for it and you saw just busted sitting on the front of the counter right there and you saw him and you were like thank you jesus that you said no but you prayed really hard and you prayed really long and you hoped that you could get god to change his mind or maybe it was the job that fell through and it wasn't long that the company went under Or maybe it was the house, whatever it was. And so, when Jesus says this, Jesus is saying that our prayers should include a time of sinking our hearts to his, joining in with God with what he wants for us at that day or time. He's saying, sink my heart with your heart. Come be a part of what I am doing We even see uh, Jesus do this himself at the end of uh, the Gospels, Matthew 26, uh, I believe it is, uh, at the garden, right before Jesus is about to go to the cross, he is in the garden and he's praying, and when he's in the garden praying, he actually prays this prayer where he begins to pray, he says, Father, um, if this cup could pass from me, please let it pass, but not my will be done, but whose will? Your will. And so Jesus, the Son of God himself, is saying, I know what's about to take place. I know that the cross is coming. And if we could do this any other way, if we could do it any differently than this, then let's do that. But I want what you want. And if this is the only way, then this is the only way. And listen, he doesn't pray it once. He prays it three times. Three times. And so it takes him Three times to get to the place where God just keeps saying, "I know you'd rather do it. The other, I wish there was another way, but this is the only way I need you to get your heart where my heart is." And so he does. And so the prayer that pray, the person that prays for God's kingdom and God's will in our lives, listen, that's the prayer that works 100 percent of the time. And maybe you've asked the question, you know, I don't, why is God never answering my prayers? Like, why is the answer always no? Maybe it's because you're not praying God's will and God's kingdom. You're praying your desire and your kingdom. And there will be times, listen, there will be times when your desires sync up with God's. But sometimes we just have to take the time in our prayers to just sink our heart with gods and say god whatever it is that you want for me today wherever it is that you're going to send me today where whoever you're going to bring across my path today whatever opportunities come to me today god i just want to be there in that place today sometimes that needs to be our prayer and say god do this give me that god is not a vending machine we don't push b1 and we automatically get a snickers bar you know what i'm saying god says you get snickers that's it you don't like it tough we need to learn to like snickers if you don't like snickers anyway i don't know what's wrong with you but like it's a good it's a don't put it in the refrigerator because it gets really hard but other than that like it's really good and so we need to sink our heart with god's i don't know what i'm doing here sorry (coughs) can you it is can you imagine what would happen if we just said yes to god in our lives if we prayed for god's will and not our own can you imagine what what our world would be like i I promise I, i it would be different. Our lives would be different. And so when we do this, God says, Jesus says this actually right before he gets into his prayer, he says, when we do this, we are rewarded. And that reward, again, it's not always what we think the reward's going to be, but here's what I do know about the reward. Part of the reward will be peace that when we sink our hearts with god's when we say father your will not mine your kingdom not mine what we will have is peace and i know for some of you control freaks that's very very scary because what you're actually doing is you're saying god i'm going to let you be in control and i'm going to stop trying to control things myself and that actually gives us freedom and peace but he goes on he says this verse 11 he says, give us this day our daily bread. Now, it's interesting here because in the first century when Jesus is saying this, he's talking about provision. He's, he's saying, hey, ask God to provide you the things that you need not necessarily the things that you want. And he says, says this because there are so many poor people at this time that asking for daily bread was something of importance. It was something that people actually needed. And we know if we understand the whole realm of Scripture that God gives us exactly what we need. And so it's an opportunity for us not to only ask for what we need. And it's interesting too because think about this for a minute. Didn't Jesus just say right before this, he says, he says God knows exactly what you need. And so I know what you're at thinking, and I know what, so you're going to ask the question, well, if God already knows what we need, then why even ask? Like, what's, what's the point? Again, I'll go back so that we'll sink our hearts to his. But he goes on, verse 12. He says, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Now, this is really, really important. I think this is actually pivotal because I think this is one of those places in prayer that we seem to skip a lot. Our relationship with God is both Vertical and horizontal here's what I mean by that that God gives us his grace and his mercy He pays the debt of our sin so that we have salvation so that we have Rescue so that we have eternal life and so it comes from us. There's the the vertical God gives to us And so he forgives us and out of the forgiveness that he gives us vertically forgiveness goes out from us horizontally And so because he has forgiven us, we are called to forgive others. There's the vertical and the horizontal is our forgiveness of others. And so Jesus says, when you pray, take time to confess and repent of sin, but also forgive those who have sinned against you. That's going to make some of our prayers infinitely longer, is it not? And it's really important here because if you skip down to verse 14, Here's how important Jesus says this is. He says, For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others' trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Yikes. In other words, Jesus is saying, Hey, I, I take this pretty seriously. It's kind of it's lame for me to offer you forgiveness, grace, and mercy, but you not offer it to anybody else. Now, that whole idea is like, so you're saying I should just forgive and forget? And no, that's not what I'm saying. That's another sermon for another time. We don't have time for that today. But to forgive others, absolutely. Because we have been forgiven, we should also forgive others. Lastly, he says this. He says, and lead us not into temptation. Not that we need any help there. But he says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And so it's a moment for us to take time to pray for protection to fall into temptation, to fall into sin, to ask that the Lord guide us. And I know for me, just the prayer that I pray is for for God to just guard my heart and my eyes, that my heart will be continually synced with him throughout the day, that my eyes will be focused on him, that my eyes will be focused on my family and my wife and not anybody else. And so Jesus says, when you pray, pray like this. And so for the last few moments that we have together here, I just want to get really practical with you for just a second. Next week, I'm really excited for you next week because we're going to talk about how we can actually pray for others. And so we're going to unpack that next week. But if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. I think this is going to be really helpful for you. It's declare, surrender, acknowledge. Declare, surrender, acknowledge declare his greatness so uh, i'm sorry dsa was it? yeah declare his greatness submit or surrender your will and a acknowledge your dependence and so if you're looking for maybe a model to sort of help navigate how you can pray you can use this dsa dsa declare submit acknowledge declare submit acknowledge and so you just declare his greatness Declare how great and good he is. Thank him for what he has done, for what he is doing, for what he is going to do, for who he is, for what he has saved you from, what he is saving you to. Declare how great and good God is. And then take time, and this may take the longest time in your prayer, but submit your will to his. Asking the Father to sink. You could also take that S and make it sink. If you're a little 21st century, you can go sink instead of submit. Sink your heart to his. To make your heart his heart, to see what he sees, to hurt for what he hurts for, and then acknowledge your dependence on him. This is where we just ask the Holy Spirit to be our guide, to ask the Holy Spirit to, to lead us, to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us, to comfort us, to, to lead us, to send us to opportunities. And so what we're saying is we're going to say, God, I'm not in control, but you are, and so I just want to be where you are. And so that's one way. Here's another way that you can actually do this as well. It's called ACTS. This one you may be familiar with. You've probably heard this one before. But ACTS stands for adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. Supplication is just asking. And so ACTS is another way that you can do this. And don't feel like you've got to write all these down. We're going to put these on the blog for you this week. Another one, here's one of my favorites. I, I use this one sometimes. It's called pray, or PRAY, P-R-A-Y. And so it's praise, repent, repent ask, yield. Take time to praise, take time to repent, ask, and then yield your will to his. And then here's one that I've sort of been uh, warming up to uh, for the last little while, and it's uh, basically praying through concentric circles, starting with a, if I'm picturing this in my mind, starting with a, a smaller circle and sort of praying out from that circle. And so the first thing that I'm going to do uh, when I pray is I'm actually going to, to warm my heart up to God. And so that's not necessarily me praying. This is actually a time for me to sort of meditate a little bit and, and take a moment for me to actually listen to God, for me to not do so much talking, but actually listen to what God is saying. And so I'm going to listen to what the Lord is saying. And then I'm going to take time to confess and repent my sin. I want to warm my heart up to him. And so uh, this past week, we were uh, in the snow a lot this past week. We came inside, and as we come inside, we get some hot chocolate. You know what I didn't have was cold hot chocolate. It was warmed up. You got to get it warmed up, and so I want to warm up to that. And then from there, I'm going to begin to to warm up i'm going to praise god for who he is for what he's done i'm going to go out from there i'm going to start praying for my family i'm going to start praying for my kids and then from there i'm going to go out i'm going to take another step out further praying for you the church the staff their kids their family and then out from there praying for what god is doing in this city and in this church and then sometimes it goes further into the nations and in the city but i can tell you this That when we pray the way that Jesus says to pray, if we practice this, if we get into a habit of this, changing our prayers, believe God will change us. Believe God will change us. And so we need to pray with a vision, with an end in mind. And I'll close with this story. There was um, a woman who... um, was a distance swimmer. And she had already swam the English Channel and uh, she was attempting to swim now the uh, place uh, right off the coast of California called Catalina Island. So she was going to swim from Catalina Island to the mainland of California. And she set out to swim this distance uh, one day on a very foggy, rainy kind of day. And if you've ever been out there, you know what this looks like. It's always foggy and rainy out there many of the days. And so uh, she begins to swim, and so she's in the water for 15 hours. And her trainer who is beside her in the boat beside her is encouraging her, but finally she just, she just gets to the point to where she gives up. She says, I, I just can't swim any further. I can't swim any longer. And he encourages her go farther, go further. You're almost there, you're almost there. But she couldn't see the shore because it was so foggy and so finally she just gives up she gets out she gets in the boat and then she looks up and she sees that she's less than a half mile away from the end and so at the press conference she said this she said if i if i could have seen the shore i could have made it so two months later she got back into the water on a crisp clean clear day and she swam it with no problem she said at the end she said i could see the shore so i knew where i was going i knew how much further i had to go d.a carson says this he says the vision this vision of prayer must shape our prayers so the things that most concern us in prayer are the things that most concern the heart of god and so when you pray pray with the end in mind Pray with the end in mind, meaning have a vision for what life could be, for what life should be, for what you want God doing in your life, for, what, for where you want to be in your relationship with God. Have a vision in mind. Pray with the, the end in mind, and not so much about what is happening right now. Listen, I know you've got those things. I know you've got things to ask. I've got things to ask, too, that I want to ask of God, and there is time for that. But I want to spend more time sinking my heart to where God's heart is and asking to be where He wants me to be versus where maybe I want to be. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank You, Lord, for Your Word this morning. God, we thank You for how it's spoken to us, how it's leading us. God, what You're doing with us in this. Father, sink our hearts to You. God, we want to be where You are. So please, move us. In your name we pray. Amen.